listening to Alter Echo, a scripture and message podcast of St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA of Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you for listening. Thank you for worshiping with us. Hello, welcome back to the Alter Echo podcast. This is your scripture and message for Sunday, June 11th of 2022. What a beautiful day it is in June today. We finally have gotten a little bit of a break, my friends, from um, the unseasonably warm weather and especially humidity, and we are finding ourselves much more comfortably in the classic Minnesota June upper 70s. I hope that wherever this finds you, um, for schools that are wrapping up for the year, and for those of you who are starting to venture out into your first vacations of the summer. Um, I hope this finds you well and able to get outside and move around some. It is always one of the really good joys of the summer to be able to um, to be outside. Uh, somebody once told me that we, we Minnesotans, we earn our summers during the winter. Um, so I hope you are delighting in the full joy uh, and the wonder of a Minnesota June these days. So, Without further ado, our scripture is from the book of Matthew, chapter 9, starting with verse 9 through 13, and then jumping ahead to verses 18 through 26, all in chapter 9. So if you have a Bible, you can go ahead and open that up uh, and read along with me. Matthew, chapter 9, verse 9. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed Jesus. As he sat at dinner in the house, many tax collectors and sinners were sitting with Jesus and with his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? But when Jesus heard this, he said, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have come to call not the righteous, but the sinners. And skipping ahead here to verse 18. When Jesus was saying these things to them, suddenly a leader of the synagogue came in and knelt before Jesus, saying, My daughter has just died, but come and lay your hand on her, and she will live. Jesus got up and followed the man with his disciples. Then suddenly a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his cloak. For she said to herself, If I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly the woman was made well. Then Jesus came to the leader's house and saw the flute players and the crowd making a commotion. He said, go away, for the girl is not dead but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But when the crowd had been put outside, Jesus went in, took her by the hand, and the girl got up. And the report of this spread throughout the district. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Jesus says, Your faith 
has made you well. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Let's start today by taking a moment to do a little spiritual self-check-in. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being low and 10 being high, where would you rate your well-being today? 1 to 10, where would you rate yourself? Hold that in mind as we continue together, whatever rating you gave yourself. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Today we hear in this gospel that Jesus' ministry is for your well-being, for our well-being. Jesus' ministry is not for status. It's not for power. Jesus' ministry is not for financial gain. Jesus desires wellness, well-being for you and for all of us and for our life lived in faithful community together and Jesus desires well-being for the whole world, for all of us, humanity, and for creation itself. Jesus' ministry is for well-being. So in this gospel from Matthew today, we get to hear two miracles that Jesus performs. He stops a, uh, a, the 12-year hemorrhage for a woman who had been hemorrhaging for that long. My goodness. And Jesus raises a little girl back to life after death. These miracles of Jesus are wonderful and magnificent and inspiring for our faith. But I think Jesus is doing something here that is more than just flexing his God powers to show us that God in Jesus is in fact capable of miracles. Yes, he is doing that, but there's more going on here than just a demonstration. Jesus' miracles are showing us two things. One, Jesus' miracles show us the aspects of our well-being that God cares about. And two, Jesus' miracles show us what mercy looks like in real life. In these verses from Matthew, we heard the word well, like be made well, four times. In verse 12, Jesus says that those who are well have no need of a physician. In verse 21, the woman, the hemorrhaging woman, says, if I only touch his cloak, I will be made well. In the very next verse, 22, Jesus says to her, go, your faith has made you well. And the verse continues to say that instantly the woman was, in fact, made well. In any Bible reading, when there is the repetition of a word more than just once or twice, it cues us that this is something worth noticing, something important. This is a big part of our focus in what God is up to here. We pay attention when there is repetition in the stories. So, why do I bring this to your attention? Well, Jesus describes his work as the work of a physician in this reading. 
More often than not, Jesus is described as a savior, as a teacher, as a preacher or a prophet, but rarely else in the scriptures, the only other time, in fact, that Jesus is mentioned as a physician is in the version of this story in a different gospel. There's no other time when Jesus calls himself, his own work, the work of a physician. Jesus says, not to this woman that your faith has saved you, as he does in Mark, He says here, your faith has made you well. Which tells us that faith is for more than just your soul. That Jesus is interested in more than just the state of your soul. Although he is certainly interested in that. But faith is for more than just one aspect of our life. Faith is for your whole entire being the fullness of who you are and not just one specific spiritual part, okay? Which means that wellness and well-being go beyond only the spiritual aspect of our lives and extends to and includes all aspects of our life. In the episode description for this podcast, there should be something that is a link I want you to click on that link now (laughs) and see the image that pops up on whatever device you're listening from. What you are seeing, or what you you should be seeing, uh, is called a wholeness wheel. It's put out by Portico Benefit Services, which is a health and wellness ministry of our larger ELCA church denomination. The wholeness wheel shows us how our well-being, our whole self, our whole person is more than just the spiritual life. It includes the spiritual life. You'll see that on the wholeness wheel, the spiritual is the center and it touches all the other dimensions of our wellness. The spiritual is connected to our social wellness. It is connected to our emotional wellness. The spiritual self is connected to our physical wellness and our financial wellness. The spiritual self is connected to our vocational wellness and, last but not least, to our intellectual wellness. These seven parts together all matter when it comes to our well-being and our wellness in life. Jesus cares not only about your spiritual self, but about all these aspects of your life, of yourself, and of your well-being. Look at these seven areas for just a moment more. Which of these stand out to you for yourself? which feel like areas that are currently well. Maybe not what they could be, maybe not perfect 10 out of 10, pristine wellness, (laughs) but which of these areas stand out to you as areas of your life that are feeling more content, more together, more stable, or more vibrant? Then consider 
ask yourself, which of these areas might need to be made well again? Perhaps not as uh, areas that you always struggle with or areas that are always in need that you just can't seem to figure it out, although that could be, but maybe just an area that has been a little lacking lately or an area that you just can't seem to quite get ahead of. Which of these areas need to be made well in you and for you? Hear this good word. Jesus loves and cares for each and every one of these seven areas of your life and of all our lives. Now, it probably needs to be said, too, that when one of these areas suffers or is a bit neglected or takes a big hit, the rest of the areas, the other six, they're impacted, too. Uh, Let's say, for example, you are going through a time of physical unwellness, a time of physical need. Maybe you're going through treatment for something or you break your leg or um, just some sort of physical need has arisen in your life. Is your spiritual self impacted? Do you feel a different sense of spiritual peace or unpeace maybe in yourself? When any one of these is not well, the other areas of our life feel it too. Which means also that we need some degree of well-being in all of these areas in order to be a well person. Okay? Let's draw our attention especially to the social well-being for a moment. I think we see that highlighted pretty well the social implications and the social the importance of the social need in these two examples of the hemorrhaging woman and of the deceased child in the story our wellness takes not only on this internal within the self aspect but it has implications for the well-being between us as well our external or outward or lived-in-relationship wellness. We also hear it in the question from the Pharisees when they ask Jesus' disciples, what is he doing eating with those people? Jesus eats with sinners and tax collectors all the time. And it is very confusing for the Pharisees who expect Jesus to be eating with other people, with more religious people, with more perhaps straightforward people. Jesus tends to (laughs) the social well-being of those who are sinners, who are tax collectors, who are used to not being included at a seat at the table. And by doing this, Jesus facilitates and demonstrates for us what social wellness, or we might say wellness in community, looks like. For Jesus, it looks like open tables with room for everyone, 
for a per people of every kind and every background and with welcome and true belonging for each one. More than just tolerance. A welcome and belonging. And when there isn't wellness between us, this social or community wellness, it's pretty easy to see that when people aren't welcome. When folks don't experience belonging. When there is not social and community wellness, people are forcibly kept out and kept apart and even kept away or driven away. And let me tell you, the ones who are kept out or kept away or kept apart are most certainly not well. They're ostracized. They're downtrodden. And frankly, they start to become ashamed of who they are because they have learned that they are not welcome and they are not worth it. This is not who we are. This is not what God desires for us. God desires for us a wellness of belonging and celebration in community, and in particular in faith community. When we hear this, we see what Jesus means when he says that he desires mercy and not sacrifice. Mercy of welcoming the one who is usually sent away and kept apart and made to feel like they are not worthy. Mercy, not sacrifice. Sacrifice would be simply allowing someone to sit, have a seat at the table, even if you're just tolerating them or putting up with their presence for a short time and then really just going home and going back to your normal way of doing things, right? Mercy and not sacrifice. Jesus says, your faith has made you well. Does that sound like a formula to you? Like, if you have enough faith, then you're just guaranteed the outcome of well-being magically. But that's not quite what we see here or in other consistent places in Scripture. We see that faith is not formulaic, that faith is not a reward for having sufficient faith. The only faith that the hemorrhaging woman confesses in that story is more like desperation than a well-reasoned worldview. We need to say today and claim that this too is faith. That if the only faith you have is desperation or a plea, that faith is enough. That in that, um, in that faith, you are worthy of being made well. And we see here that Jesus does make well the desperate, the ones who are pleading, the ones who maybe don't have anything worked out, but they are longing for the kind of healing and wellness that Jesus can offer and does offer us. You are worthy of being made well. Your faith is absolutely enough. To close, I will ask you to choose just one area on the wellness wheel for which you are hoping for greater well-being. 
Focus on that area of your life in your mind and close your eyes. Hear these words, these words of Jesus, to you and for you. Take heart, child of God. Your faith has made you well. Take heart, child of God. Your faith has made you well. Amen. And now, God's word is alive in us again, anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us, out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now in support of this podcast and of the work and ministry of St. John's Lutheran Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat that for you, sjlcl.org. Up toward the top right, you will see a button that says Give. Click on Give and follow the simple instructions to give your offering. And on behalf of the whole congregation, let me say thank you for giving in support of these ministries. And now, receive a blessing from Kate Bowler from her book, The Lives We Actually Have. This is a blessing called, For This Ordinary Day. Lord, here I am. How strange it is that some days feel like hurricanes and others like glassy seas and others like nothing much at all. Today is a cosmic shrug. My day planner says rather conveniently that I will not need you cry out for you, reach for you. Ordinarily, I might not think of you at all. Except, if you don't mind, let me notice you. Show up in all the small necessities and everyday graces. God, be bread. Be water. Be laundry. Be the coffee cup in my hands and the reason to calm down in traffic. Be the gentler tone in my insistence today that people pick up after themselves for once. Be the reason I feel loved when I catch my own reflection or feel my own self-loathing fluttering in my stomach. Calm my mind, lift my spirit, make this dumb, ordinary day my prayer of thanks. Amen, and peace be with you, my friends.